Hi, good morning. Hi. So this is now episode 64. 64. So Kate's a bit of a fan of this episode. <laughs> so Kate, what happened on this episode? Yeah, we had a lovely guest today, Mickey Davies. And um, the reason I'm a fan of this episode is because we were just very much on the same wavelength. And it's, it's great when you meet people like that. And mm. the reason we were on the same wavelength is um, Nikki is a big fan of uh, question thinking, which we covered a whole episode on that, which was episode 45. Uh, so you can go take a listen to what we're talking about there. And, um, and also just traveling and kind of embracing life very much kind of just saying yes to opportunity um, in terms of what comes along and and designing your life really you know um enjoying the journey which we're which is always our our message yeah um and just uh yeah just really kind of designing the life that you want to live and letting that be fluid that will change and there's not kind of like this just one end goal that you have to kind of aim for all the time so. yeah and nikki's expertise lies in the companies that she's got lies in kind of enabling people in business to step up their game I'd say so yes. if they're looking at um, they have a product or service and they're trying to get into the corporate market and mm. and that can be really intimidating so um, her expertise is around coaching people uh, business owners into be able to open those doors basically and um, yeah just open communication you know yeah. like uh, just as she says, like conversations with people. Yeah. Um, and we feel that this was a, a great conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. Hello, Nikki. <laughs> She's still there. She's still there. She's still there. You're moving. You, you have moved. a presence. <laughs> For those watching and listening, we've had quite a few technical issues this morning. So yeah. uh, we've changed to a different platform and, and Nikki is still there, which is, which is a good start. Yeah, we've... <laughs> Yeah, this is now third time lucky because every time we tried to start this interview, it would freeze <laughs> randomly. Yeah. So, so Nikki, thank you for coming on to the show. Um, it's really appreciated. And for our audience, could you tell us a little about yourself, what you do, the companies you're involved with, all sorts? Sure, sure. So it's great to be here. So thank you for the invitation. So I, there's two aspects to my business, one which is about leadership development with corporations, so larger size organizations and kind of household names. And I have a team of people that work with me um, doing that. And then more recently, because um, I've had quite a lot of success around doing that, I've been doing that for uh, over 16 years now, I'm really... Um, developing another side to my business, which is about helping coaches and expert consultants sell to corporates um, and get their businesses up to seven figures. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's um, it's a really valuable thing to be getting involved with, because I would say that many people, I mean, we see it in our event-based business, Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire, the leap from B to C, so business to customers, to going into B to B, is it can feel like a very different language, it can feel quite intimidating and so on. And it's definitely, once you've made that leap, it seems quite straightforward, right? But it's yes. people like yourself sharing that experience is paramount, I'd say. Yeah, they're two very different worlds. They are, they are. And, and people often think, you know, they kind of look at these skyscrapers um, and forget that these companies are actually made up of human beings. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, the decision makers are just human beings, yeah. you yeah. know, just like you and me. 
Um, but but that intimidation, like you say, it really puts people off. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what I do is is kind of getting rid of the intimidation, you mm-hmm. know, and, and sort of leveling the playing field and people getting to see them. And well, actually, it's human beings in these glass buildings that are probably having a really crap day yes. <laughs> and could really benefit from your services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. So how did you get started? Where Where did your entrepreneurial journey start? Well, I I was living in Stoke-on-Trent at the time, and um, I had grown up in Pembrokeshire, right by the sea, beautiful part of the world, and um, suddenly I found myself in a a landlocked part of of England, Um, and, and to be honest, I was bored. I had a role which was very much about helping organizations um, go through big transformation and changes. And um, I decided to go on a personal development program, which was in the Bahamas. Nice. And while I was there, yeah, <laughs> while I was there, you know, um, it was the white sandy beaches, the palm trees, the turquoise water, the sun. <laughs> it was a beautiful setting. But not only that, the person that was leading the personal development program, we were a small group of 11, he asked me a great question. He asked me, do you like where you live? And I couldn't answer the question because I knew if I answered the question honestly, it would be a no. <laughs> And then I would have to do something about it. <laughs> so, so that one question kind of stopped me in my tracks and made me look at the whole of my life and think, why, why am I living my life like this? This is so uh, far removed from where I would like it to be. Mm-hmm. And what would it take to, to actually build a life that I would enjoy and it would look very very different so I that's what really started me down the path of thinking about well if I if I get to choose which obviously we do then what would I choose for myself and my family and what would that look like which led to me leaving the UK (laughs) and the dark grey skies and and the wet windy days um and actually um exploring other avenues and that led me to think well if I'm going to do this I'm going to have to leave the comfort of my job and set myself up in business um which was a bit daunting at the time but actually very freeing Mm -hmm. at the same time yes yeah I mean that that follows a kind of similar path that we chose um, for our, ourselves and the family and and also what we very much kind of advocate that you can design your life the way you want it to be and that doesn't also people often think that oh that comes with retirement or with like winning the lottery or something along those lines but no you you can do it right now you just need to you know be creative and think of different ways of, of doing things so I really like the fact that it kind of all stemmed from a question um with with that um man that was running the I assume it was a man I think you said he um was running the the course um and and, and that's great because it, it's quite an unusual question just you know do you like where you yeah. live you, that's kind of almost a throwaway question mm. in a way but it had such a life-changing impact on you yeah, he, he's very insightful. You know, he kind of picks up on, on all sorts of things. Um, and he didn't ask that question of anybody else. It was directly aimed at me. 
Um, and it was just the right question to ask me. And, and one of the things that it got me to think about was the fact that my role was, was even though it didn't have consultant in the job title, my role was really acting as a an internal consultant. Mm-hmm. And I started asking questions about, well, what would it look like if I was an external consultant? You know, um, how, how can I serve the organizations that I'm working with, but in a different way, you know, rather than being um, a paid employee, how can I do that as a self-employed person? Mm-hmm. And, and really, I, I went and had a conversation with my manager and put that to him and said those magical words of, I can save you money, <laughs> which obviously is always a winner. <laughs> So I can save you money by being an external consultant rather than um, being an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, he 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 was up for it. Wow. wow. So, so he was I, your first customer? Yeah, that was my first customer. And that gave me the courage to, to go and talk to other people in my network who, you know, I, they'd see me facilitate large group events or whatever it may be. Um, and say, hey, look, you've seen me in action, basically. <laughs> this is what I'm planning on doing. I'm planning on leaving and setting myself up in business. Is there any way that I can work with you when I leave my my job? So I actually left my job with three contracts in my hands. Fantastic. Wow. Um, but I would never have thought of having that conversation if uh, Dr. Tony Quinn hadn't asked me that question of, do you like where you live mm-hmm. yeah. isn't it and strange that's of, yeah yeah that you were about to say that's a power of questions and it is it's 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 the right question at the right time completely transforms the direction in life and i like what you were saying about the fact that you ended up leaving the uk or you end up like leaving the country for a bit and it's i think sometimes there has to be a wholesale change in your environment to reinforce that, that direction, right? Sometimes the tiny little incremental changes aren't enough to create commitment to them. And, mm-hmm. and we certainly found that when we left the UK, right? It yeah. not only reinforced the, okay, this has to work, we have to make these, these things work, but it also, it kind of de-shackled us from yeah. some of the previous dogma on whatever else, cultural biases we had, mm-hmm. and just uh, all of those things, and the weather. <laughs> yeah. and the weather. <laughs> But I, I agree, you know, I, I ended up, um, I've ended up working a lot in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love about working in the Middle East is it's really challenged everything that I thought, everything that I'd grown up with around how we do things, how we yeah. look at things. Mm-hmm. You know, it really challenges your, your thinking process when you're working with different cultures in different countries. And, and the things that you just take for granted well this is just how it is this yeah. is just you know, this is life this is kind of how I look at things yeah. and it's not at all you know those are constructs mm-hmm. and and we've just taken them on board without really questioning them so one of the things I love about being in different countries and particularly working with people from different cultures is I get to see new ways of looking at things and new mm-hmm. ways of thinking mm-hmm. um, and and that that's just so helpful yeah oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I think also when you're, if you're in the same country all your life and you're, you're ticking 
ticking all the boxes of the cultural requirements of that country. It gives you a full sense of you are a fully formed individual. And, and you should never have that sense. There sh there sh you should always feel like you're on a development journey. Yes. And yeah. otherwise you stagnate. Otherwise your opinions are the same ones you've held from 20, 30 years ago or whatever it might be. And that's, that's dangerous in a world that's constantly changing around us, right? Well, what I like about your story is that um, that, that gentleman, sorry, what was his name? Dr. Dr. Tony Quinn. Tony Quinn. Yeah. He, he asked you that kind of perceivably simple question to which many people even if the answer was a no would have kind of come up with no but you know it's okay or and they would have settled and accepted it but you used it to kind of ask yourself so many more follow-on questions mm. well I don't like it so what can I do about it what would a different life look like and I think that's the real power in in where you've taken yourself is to kind of keep keep asking the questions you know yeah. and, and so that it can lead you to to where you, you need to be. And do you use that technique with any of your businesses and your clients? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think I think it's because um, so so my background, um, I've had different careers over the years. Um, but one of the threads that's run all the way through it and all the way through my life is really wanting to understand what makes people tick, mm -hmm. you know, how they think, um, how they look at things, how they make decisions. Um, and, and it's because as a child, I really didn't understand me, you yes. know? And so I, I think there was a real need um, that drove me. If, if I can understand other people, then maybe I can understand myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Purely selfish. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's that kind of foundation and really seeing the power of questions when I'm coaching people or working with people on their businesses. You know, it's very simple questions. They're not complex questions, but they're, they're just insightful questions in the moment mm -hmm. that really get people just to stop and think and question themselves. I think you're right. It's, it's the question itself, but it's also the the willingness to kind of take yourself down your own process mm -hmm. and ask more questions and develop that idea and challenge the assumptions that you're making. It's the assumptions that we make that get in the way, actually, yes. a lot of the time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, very much so. Well, so I was no, going no. to say, though, those <laughs> I suppose uh, what those assumptions do is they, they help us with certainty, right? Mm -hmm. And your... That question that you were asked created a lot of uncertainty, right? It, it, it created a lot of an embracing of uncertainty. So you may have had those three contracts what, yeah. before you left your employment, but there was certainty in that employment. There's not those contracts are not certain, nor a future the future potential contracts. So you have to, that you obviously had a clear willingness, and I suppose that's a, a tenant of many entrepreneurs is. They have a willingness to embrace uncertainty. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, with uncertainty, what people want to do is manage it. And you mm -hmm. can't manage uncertainty. And I think we've all experienced that, you know, in, in the world of pandemic. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, this, that uncertainty, you can't manage it. No. You, you can't manage it. You, you navigate it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, if I, if I, Steve Jobs, um, 
gave a really good presentation at Stanford University and he talked about how you can't join the dots looking forward. You can only join the dots looking back. And if I look back, you know, my my job roles have always been uh, really wacky <laughs> on the, the fringes. Yeah. And, and I've had multiple organizations that I've been accountable to for a lot of those roles. And so um, it, I, I guess my job role, there was a lot of uncertainty anyway. You know, I was always on kind of um, sort of three-year contracts, you know, and I wasn't sure whether it was going to be extended or not. That wasn't really... So, so I guess there was a, a certain amount of uncertainty in my world that I was used to dealing with mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like the next step yes. of uncertainty. And I don't know about you guys, but I had some really weird dreams. Once <laughs> I've made the decision, I, I can remember having this this one dream that just kept I kept repeating over and over again. And it was me jumping off a cliff and landing in this field, this really green grassy field with daisies in it. And it was just like, for me, it was like, it really epitomized um, what I was going through because it was like, it's really scary to jump off that cliff. You know, that's the uncertainty. You don't quite know what's going to happen after that, although you think you're going to be a lump of strawberry jam. (laughs) But somehow I land in this fantastic field full of grass and daisies and everything's okay so for me it was like yeah that's just how it feels I know this is going to be okay Mm -hmm. and I can't tell you why I know that but I just know it's going to be okay I'm going to be okay I'm going to manage this somehow yeah Yeah. well that that kind of taps in um we've both chosen a word for the year um I don't know if you you've heard of that kind of thing before instead of resolutions and Lee's word is very much faith and just having the faith that things are going to be okay and will turn out right yeah that was born out of the idea that historically in business I have well in business and in when I was in the corporate world everything was like kind of create a result in mind whatever decided the result and then work backwards from there and then just do the work and the result was always assumed and what last year uh, taught me personally was that no, 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 no. There's no. There's no, you just have to do the work and 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 have faith that the work will create a result. And um, yeah, and that what you've described is exactly that. It's like you have to have this inborn belief. faith, yeah, yeah, and belief that you will find a way. You will navigate, as the word you used earlier, navigate your way through these yeah. these times. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 I think it's really interesting that. Um, Sometimes people think that when you when you've made a decision to be an entrepreneur, I, for years I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see myself being an entrepreneur because entrepreneur for me meant Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I would say I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a business owner and I'm kind of you know hustling my way through life yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> but but I guess that's how Richard Branson saw himself you know he didn't wear that label of entrepreneur you know that wasn't a label that was given to him Mm -hmm. rather than him sort of thinking that way initially um so so sometimes i think what people do is they they kind of um 
they they have this fairy tale idea of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and you know if you go into business suddenly that's it you're going to be successful and everything is mm -hmm. you know strawberries and cream mm -hmm. and it's not mm -hmm. yeah you know there have been different stages and I'm sure you've had this in your own business too where I've had to the words that we learned last year were pivot and adjust and yeah. I've been pivoting and adjusting all the way through yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. my entrepreneurial journey yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because things don't stay still mm -hmm. you know and I, I I think when when you're an employee it looks like things stay fairly stagnant mm -hmm more so than when you're a business owner mm -hmm. because when you're a business owner there are so many variables that you're you're kind of managing that one change in one of those variables has a knock-on effect on other things mm -hmm. and then there's the economy mm -hmm. you know when i came through the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009 and pivoted and adjusted yeah. <laughs> and then we had lots of um oil and gas related companies you know and and oil went from 120 dollars a barrel down to 40 dollars a barrel yeah. you know so that was a, a moment of pivoting and adjusting and, and likewise last year was pivoting and adjusting mm -hmm. so it's not it's not fairy tale no it is about how you navigate uncertainty because there's a lot more uncertainty when you're a business owner i think mm -hmm. than when you're an employee and it's okay. Yes. It comes yeah. down to that. It's leap of faith. You know, mm -hmm. it is going to be okay. And it's asking those great questions that get you through these moments. Yeah. Mm. Yes, because I think a lot of the time, from the outside looking in, people just see the the highlights or the or the kind of overnight success story. Uh, they don't they don't see the kind of true up and down roller coaster that it is to be a, a business owner or an entrepreneur and um, that's something that we like to kind of um, really support on the podcast is, is about enjoying the journey that mm. you know it, it's not going to necessarily be a bed of roses but it is going to be rewarding um, and it and it is going to be interesting and uh, just a very fulfilling lifestyle yeah there's something about adversity yeah. that's great like, I think we're we've kind of being conditioned to believe that oh no no discomfort is a really bad thing discomfort's a fantastic thing to embrace because what you get out the other side is is a more self-assured confident you you know and i think the more we can all embrace that the better right yeah absolutely yeah i i, I so agree and um it's the challenges that bring the opportunities you know and and um, there's a universal law, um, the law of polarity, which talks about the fact that um, if you take a magnet, you've always got a north and a south. No matter how small you make that magnet, if you chop it up, you've still got a north and a south. And, and it's like that with challenges and opportunities. No matter mm -hmm. how big the challenge, there is an equal-sized opportunity mm -hmm. within that. And, and it's being able to see that being able to see those opportunities and, and grasp them yes. and go for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On your um, website, I noticed that you've done that many times where you've, you've actually grown the business significantly when you've been faced with challenges. Can you tell us about some of those times? Um, well, yeah, so, so one of the times I remember, um, it really came out of the blue. I was in the, we were living in the Caribbean at the time, like you do. And um, and 
I I had clients out there and um, and a phone call came from a friend who said, listen, I've got a friend, so a friend of a friend, I've got a friend who um, is looking for somebody to help them develop their business. Um, and I think you'd be a really good match, Nikki. Would you be willing to have a conversation with them? So I did. And um, they were looking for somebody to help them grow their business in the Middle East. And at the time, I'm sitting in the Caribbean with the white sandy beaches. There's a theme here, isn't it? White <laughs> sandy beaches, palm trees, turquoise waters, thinking, why would I want to go to the desert when I'm here? You know, when, and my husband's here and, and, and we're having a really fab time. And, and then it was really odd. All of a sudden, the work dropped off dramatically in the Caribbean. And we ended up in Washington, D.C. Um, in winter. And I was like, how did we end up here? This is really, really odd. This kind of wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and lo and behold, this guy rang me up again and said, hey, still looking for somebody, really think you would be the right person. Will you come in and work with me in the, in the Middle East? So I'm sitting in Washington, D.C., and there's snow on the ground, thinking, actually, the desert sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so things have changed. So um, so I said yes. You know, I talked it through with my husband and said yes. So my husband stayed in Washington, D.C., and I flew over to the Middle East and um, started working with this guy. And that brought um, so many new opportunities to my business. It was amazing. and And that was an opportunity that just came out of the blue. And so these these opportunities are there and, yes. and it's knowing when to say yes and kind of embrace it and just see what happens. But they're, they're often sort of couched with something that's going to be uncomfortable, just like you said. Yes. <laughs> so so the, the discomfort was really learning about new cultures and cultures cultures plural because mm-hmm. the Middle East is just like um, a molten pot of all sorts of things, <laughs> uh, all sorts of different cultures and, and ways of doing things. Um, yeah, and, and trying something new and, and helping, helping John build his business really taught me a lot about the skills and the abilities that I have that I can actually help other people with. And that was one of the moments where I thought, okay well if I can help somebody else build their business in the same way that I'm building my business then maybe I can do this for other people too Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of the spark of the idea of really working with other people that would like to work with corporates but haven't haven't got a system or um, a strategy that's working for them yet mm-hmm. and get over that fear as well of you know this great big glass building and not seeing the human beings inside yes. you know and it's a conversation it's always a conversation mm-hmm. and how to have that conversation to move things forward mm-hmm. it's interesting how you um you are entirely geographically agnostic it's like i don't care like <laughs> The works like is it viable is the project viable is it something i'm going to be interested in is it an opportunity and okay i'll do the research and um and you're right it's spotting the opportunities but the idea of just going okay what's the middle i'm in washington but let's just go over there and see what we'll see what happens i think that's fascinating and it's um because 
that would have been something I would say before we went traveling would have been something entirely alien to us. Yes. It's amazing how you can get anchored down on a particular landmass and the concept of leaving that landmass seems like just a massive task, just a massive problem. And uh, no matter what size of the opportunity is over over there. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating that you can just go, yep, let's give that a go. <laughs> I don't know. Some people would call me bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. We like bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, I'd like to know how you find um, or found, I don't, I don't know if you still um, work a lot in the Middle East, but as a female, um, you know, because obvious, obviously you get a lot of kind of press in the UK that talks about, you know, um, women aren't allowed to drive and go out on their own at night and or all sorts of things that you kind of get in the British press. Um, but what, what's it like working as a, as a woman in, in these kind of, you know, as a, as a consultant in these large businesses in that kind of quite male dominated arena? Yeah, there's a lot of myths about the Middle East. And obviously, the countries are very different to each other as well. And, and, and that's one of the things that the media tends to do is kind of or we, we tend to pick up is this idea that all the the countries in the Middle East are the same, apart from Dubai. (laughs) You know, there's a different image, isn't there? That comes to mind when you think of Dubai, but everything else gets lumped together. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, so some countries like Saudi is more conservative than a lot of the other GCC countries or a lot of the Middle Eastern countries. So there's a wide spectrum. There really is a wide spectrum. Um, And, you know, it's, in a strange way, it feels a lot safer than being on the streets in Chicago, I have to tell you, or anywhere like that in the world as a woman. And of course, I can walk around late at night on my own, but I wouldn't necessarily choose to do that. And it's like anywhere. There are certain areas within these different countries where I wouldn't go mm-hmm. on my own late at night. You know, yeah. you, you just wouldn't. Um, but But there are, so there are, disadvantages and there are advantages when when you're a female consultant um mm-hmm. working in that kind of environment and yeah sometimes um you know i i have male associates that work with me and and obviously they're taller bigger than me to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> but what what can happen particularly with new clients is we we can be sat there in a meeting and the questions will be directed to my male associate rather than to me. Mm-hmm. But my male associates are great. And they, we have this trick where they, they don't say anything. They just look at me. And then I answer the question. Yeah. And then the other person realizes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's no embarrassment about it. But it's very clear that I'm in charge mm. in that situation. And sometimes... With my name being Nikki, um, sometimes um, they assume it's going to be a man, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm CEO of my company. Mm-hmm. And so I turn up and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh you're a woman. <laughs> well, that- and after that first couple of minutes of recognition, yes, I am a woman. <laughs> Everything is okay. And the so the advantages, I, I know that... Um, well, I, I know one piece of work in particular where um, I, I was working with um, 
a, a global company that had its headquarters in one of the Middle Eastern countries, and I'm not going to name names. Um, and um, somehow they got hold of my contact details. The, the director of strategy got hold of my contact details. Um, uh, I had a meeting with him and he was asking me to, to work with the CEO and the, the exec board um, to help kind of unite them and then the wider leadership team to really bring the organization together. And it was a really difficult piece of work, um, but effective. Um, and, and they liked the results that we got. And then at the at the end of all of it, I, I had a cup of coffee with the director of strategy and said, so why me? Why, why did you choose to work with me? And, um, and he said, because you're a woman, Nikki. And there's a lot of, it, it was mainly men. I mean, it must have been, I think that's one of the, about 85%, if not 90% men in the leadership team. Um, and, and he said, um, and I just knew that it would break the dynamic mm-hmm. and that some of the men, the young men in particular, would behave differently around you. It would sort of calm the mood down. And I have to tell you, that was the most challenging group I've ever worked with. And they, if, if that was calm, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to think what the other side of the coin would have looked like. <laughs> That's a brilliant story. Um, I just uh, want to just pause one second. Um, your your mic, you keep catching it slightly. I think oh, it's just okay. a little bit crackly. Just to, just to okay. let you know on that. <laughs> okay, thank you. I won't um, move as much. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? You always talk with your hands. Don't I'm you? I'm yeah. doing a great job at the moment of staying still. This is the most still I've been in ages. You're literally sitting on your hands. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'd like to go back to um the kind of travelling piece because uh, that's something that's very close to our hearts. Um. I, I'm not sure how much you know about our story, but we uh, we went travelling a couple of years ago. Similar reasons to you. Um, we actually liked where we lived in the UK, mm. but but we just knew that there was more, and we wanted to kind of show our children more and and just take off a, 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 on an adventure. And um, but we we kind of found this community that we didn't know was out there of all these like-minded entrepreneurs that that do exactly that, um, and whether it's with their family or not, and. Everywhere we met, went, we we worked kind of we met sorry uh, like remote working people and and people that kind of picked up contracts in different places and all sorts of different things. Um, have you kind of had a similar experience with all the places that you've been where you've met this kind of it's almost like an underground society that people don't know about of <laughs> of other people that are kind of very location independent. Yeah, yeah, I have and. Um... Yeah, it's a similar mindset, yeah. isn't it? We, we've all got a similar mindset, which is that, that piece of trying out new things, mm-hmm. doing things differently. Um, and I guess when, when I first started down this path, I didn't meet that many. But the last couple of years, I've met more people mm-hmm. that are willing to do things differently. And I guess we'll get to a point where, actually, this is quite normal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be more and more people trying this way of being mm-hmm. um, and living yeah yeah and, and we um, a few years ago gosh a number of years ago now one of the things that we did was we decided that we we love sailing so we'd buy a boat and so we bought our first boat and it was 
a, a small little thing and quite flighty on the water. And we had lots of fun with her because um, we just thought, well, we'll test the waters and see if we can actually, we'll still be talking to each other because it's quite a confined space. <laughs> and then we upgraded to, to a bigger sailboat. Um, Is that because you weren't talking to each other in the combined space? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Separate cabins. <laughs> Meet in the middle. <laughs> so, um, and, and so we, we actually live on the sailboat for about six months of the year um, and found an, an, a new community, a new community of boaters, people that kind of um, are living on their sailboats full time, maybe have an online business, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of operating in that way as well. And it's lovely. It's lovely um, sort of having conversations with them. There's fresh thinking yes. that comes from those sorts of experiences. And and also obviously the, the sailing stories, you know, and... and when things break down and (laughs) sharing all of those experiences as well yeah but there's so much to explore and and so much to do with this world Mm -hmm. and and so much to see yeah well uh, that definitely opened our eyes because we we met um a family from california who had sold their home and bought a property and bought property bought a boat i think in greece Um, in greece been, yes. Yeah, and their yeah. plan was they, they'd found the boat in Greece, bought this this sailing boat in Greece, and the idea was they were going to sail it from Greece back to the States. And oh, right. um, and they eventually ended up doing that, didn't mm-hmm. they? And it was um, a fascinating couple, but uh, a fascinating family. Um, but we, it's it reinforced the idea to us, because before we went travelling, we didn't think there was much of a community out there of people that did full-time travel. And then we dipped our toe in the water and realised that there's a huge community of yeah. people that do that. And then when we got introduced to this family, we thought, well, you're very unusual. There can't be many people that do that. And then you realise there's an enormous community of people that do exactly <laughs> that, boats. who live on boats for a big chunk of the year, like yourself, and, um, and have, it's almost like a whole other language and a whole and a different way of thinking. And, and that goes back to reinforcing this being, like you said about being landlocked and being in a very structured way back in England or and you you can easily assume that that's life that's all there is mm-hmm. and when you step out of the world you realize no 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 there's huge amounts that you can do and see and yeah it's, it was very inspiring for us I mean they crossed the Atlantic didn't they eventually yeah we met them in Sicily and as you said about breakdown stories they'd been struck by lightning yeah and they were stuck oh my god yeah they, they were stuck for about no about three months in the end because yes. insurance issues and all sorts of things but yeah they they got very much stuck in one place which was um difficult mm. for them but well they had an amazing story because he had one leg and uh, they had a 12 year old daughter and they'd sold everything they they and they arrived in greece got onto the boat but just as they were going to get onto the boat she broke her ankle yeah so he had one leg and she broke her ankle. So the 12-year-old daughter ended up having to sail the boat. Having to do everything. Having yeah. to do everything. And then they got struck by lightning and stranded in Sicily. They had an amazing story. And then they kept, wow. And when we met them, it was when they were stranded. And they were saying, we're going to sail across the Atlantic. And we were like, hang on. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> She's breaking her ankle. You've been struck by lightning and now you want to sail across the Atlantic. But no, they, they did do it though. But, um, so did you manage to get to Greece this year, even in COVID times? Yeah, well, yeah, because um, what what happened was I was I was in the Middle East um, 
And I came back, I came back into Greece, March, mm-hmm. and Greece was in lockdown and then everything, you know, kind of locked down. Um, but my husband was in America and um, he, he actually flew um, across to Greece. But while he was 14 hours in the air, the EU decided that they were going to shut the borders. And oh. uh, so he landed at the airport uh, in Athens and was told, I'm very sorry, but you can't come into the country. Wow. So they literally turned everybody around on that plane and sent them back to America. Gosh. So we haven't actually seen each other since uh, since then. Wow. <laughs> so, Gosh. so I, I spent... I spent a lovely summer on the boat, <laughs> but on my own. <laughs> so you didn't need the separate cabins anymore because you were there. No. Anyway. <laughs> I had the whole boat. <laughs> so where is he in America? So he's in Virginia right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and so the plan was that we were going to be in Florida at this time of the year um, and kind of be there for three months Um so at some point we'll we'll manage to be in the same country with each other in the same room. <laughs> and what does he do now of interest? So he's retired, mm-hmm. um, and and if he was here now, he would say that he works for me. <laughs> <clears throat> so so he helps me out with contracts and things because he used to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he writes the contracts. Yeah. Okay. And what's what's he doing in Virginia? Just relaxing retirement or? I, well, he would prefer to be with me yes. right now. I'm in the UK right now. So he would prefer to be here. But that's that's he ended up in America and he's house sitting for his sister right now ah, okay. um, and looking after dogs and cats and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so from the year that we've um, all experienced, um, and as we said, with the more uncertainty that people are kind of getting to grips with now and I firmly believe as you kind of touched on is that that people will be changing in my opinion for the better in that we're we're all used to kind of working online now and there's going to be more of an appetite for this kind of location independent self-sufficient kind of living Um, and you talk about I've seen on your website when people are, are stuck and how you kind of get out of that being stuck and so what would you, and I think a lot of people are probably feeling very stuck right now. They've had businesses that have gone under um, or are on pause, like one of our businesses is an event and is very much on pause. Um, you know, people may have lost jobs. A lot of people are probably feeling quite stuck. So how would you advise that they get unstuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, <clears throat> one, one of the things that I learned uh, early on is that opportunities come through people. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing that you can do is actually have conversations with people and just see where the conversations go Mm -hmm. you know and and it is that thing about asking yourself some great questions as well isn't it Mm -hmm. you know so maybe a question around what are the assumptions that I'm making about my life and how it should be and what if I flip that what would it look like what do I want Mm -hmm. what do I want out of life and just keep asking that question what do I want what do I want Mm -hmm. um and and not not stop the ideas with a yes but that will never happen or yes but I can't do that and just explore just explore some thinking around it initially and like I say have conversations with people and just see where those conversations take you Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's that's a hugely important 
aspect is especially at a time where a lot of people have been conditioned over the last 12 months to be isolated and on their own and don't worry just watch Netflix just <laughs> just watch your phone it'll be fine and and wait until you're told to do something else and and that that's not how we are as human beings right that's not how conversations are incredibly important in that and it's one of the things we love about doing the podcast is conversation is is not the you reinforcing or you stating what you think it's testing what you think it's testing your ideas it's putting them out there and and having them kicked around and getting feedback and and somebody saying well yeah you're kind of there but just if you just adjust this way you could be this and that and that's such an important aspect of life that isn't isn't discussed enough mm-hmm. right that it's it's why podcasts and all of these things are so important, I think, today more than ever because it allows the opening of these types of conversations. Yeah, and, and you know, if if somebody comes up with, well, what I want is to, to actually continue to live where I am, um, that's perfectly okay too. You know, I, I think that there's a certain group of people that, yeah, going traveling and sort of exploring and having those experiences on a full-time basis it's right for them, but it's not right for everybody, you know? So it's really understanding yourself and understanding what's truly important to you and creating a life around that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find out more about you, find out more about working with you um, and what you do, you know, and opening a conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm always up for a conversation. So, so they can go to my you can go to my website which is nikkijdavis.com um, and I have a podcast too um, exploring very similar ideas so and that's called developing inspired leaders and I'm always up for a conversation if I can help in any way always up for a conversation fantastic well thank you ever so much for coming on the show it's been really interesting we we love meeting like-minded people absolutely yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's been lovely to be here too and i I hope very much that you and your husband get on the same continent (laughs) (laughs) let alone country (laughs) so and and it has its advantages too (laughs) (laughs) don't give her any ideas (laughs) (laughs) yes we work and live together (laughs) yes yeah but well, uh, I'd love to catch up with you again, maybe in another few months, and see where you are. So we'll, I'm sure we'll invite you back on the show. But thank That'd you be again. Fantastic. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you both. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>